0: Welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, where we strip away the layers to show you what it takes to achieve a healthy body and brain in 20 minutes. I'd like to invite you to go over to BareNakedHealthPodcast.com to take your free brain quiz today to see where the health of your brain lies. And for taking the quiz, you'll get a free copy of my book, The Four Morning Secrets to Perfect Brain Health, shipped to your door. Hey guys, I'm your host, Nick Horowski, and welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, episode number 28. In today's episode, I interview personal trainer and holistic lifestyle coach, Jim Burdemy. Be sure to stick around to see why doing five minutes of nothing could be the most important thing you do all day. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Bare Naked Health Podcast, and on today we have Jim Burdomy. And Jim and I have been talking for uh, a few months now, and I wanted to get him on, uh, get so everybody could get to know him. But I'm gonna always I'm gonna start with the same opening question that I start with everybody here, and it's really tell us your health journey in ten sentences or less. Kind of let's let's get right down to the nitty gritty here.
1: Thanks, thanks Nick. Uh, appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Um, my health journey in 10 sentences or less. So I started exercising when I was 16, and was doing pretty much everything wrong and listening to a lot of stuff that I'd read in magazines and taking supplements and working out too much. And um, I found myself at 217 pounds, and uh, not feeling good. I was only like 22 23, and started taking kind of taking better care of myself. Learning more about holistic side of health and wellness, and started making those important lifestyle factor changes, and it got me where I am today, which is you know own a successful uh, holistic lifestyle coaching business, and um, you know having a having an amazing family and having the energy that I want every single day.
0: And that's that's fantastic. Like you said, just live live. It sounds like you're just living the dream, living what you love to do. We uh, yeah. talked about like, Hey, light, holistic lifestyle coaching uh, business, like legal <laughs> fitness. Uh, talk to me about that. Like, what, what is it that you do there? What um, do you have like specific clients that you like to work with? Uh, anything like that? Um,
1: not specific clients where, well, I mean, I guess my target market is, is uh, male and female people, anywhere from the ranges of 35 to 55. Um, so I do mainly one-on-one health coaching uh, lifestyle coaching, fitness coaching, and then I also do corporate wellness too. And so that's actually the side of the business. I'm really trying to grow a little bit more because that gives me the opportunity to kind of, you know, tie up some of those hours during the day because a lot of the clients I have will come to me at nighttime, you know, of course, or after the work hours, um, cause that's when they're getting done work. And so it'll give me that, um, that time slot filled up, but it also gives me the opportunity to work with more people and have a bigger impact because these are basically the exact same people that I'm helping after work, but now I can help them during work and I can do it on a larger, bigger scale. So, and that's really what this is about is that it's trying to spread the good word, if you if you wanna think of it that way, when it comes to health and wellness, because there's so much information out there so many people have this opinion and that opinion, and say you should do this diet or you should be working out this way, and and, and all this, and it, it makes people's heads spin and uh, has them running for the hills sometimes, and you know, disencourages them to take care of themselves because like I don't even know where to start. So a lot of my job is kind of righting those wrongs and trying to get people to understand it in an easier way and not to overcomplicate things so they don't feel overwhelmed.
0: And that's that's a great way to, to put it like I, I love how you finish there and not be overwhelmed because if you go reading like whether it's all the books all the blogs if you're watching everything on YouTube listen to I mean just all the podcasts I mean a- anything that's out there, there it can be just completely overwhelming but that's it's great where you say like you try and hey, I mean you want to make it as simple as possible that so people can really uh, come in and probably at whatever level they're at uh, but now, with with the corporate wellness, do, are you working then more with uh, like bigger businesses, smaller businesses? Do you go like to their place of business to kind of show them uh, how to set things up? Are you giving lectures to them? How does that really work then?
1: Yeah, I've done a couple of different um, types of things. Typically, yeah, I'll go there. Um, usually, my focus or my my um, target is a bigger, larger company with um, with a good amount of employees. I have uh done health like almost like speed health coaching where uh, the client will bring me in for three hours and they have their employees sign up for 15 minute time slots and for three hours it's just one person after the other kind of throwing rapid fire questions at me saying well this is what i want to work on this is what i've been doing and i start making some recommendations for them and they start taking notes and so that's actually been pretty successful and people seem to enjoy that and then um some seminars and some uh, lunch and learns they're also pretty popular so I'll go out and do talks on how to set up your workplace properly for ergonomics, and uh, how to increase energy how to decrease stress and then so more recently I designed a very comprehensive uh, corporate wellness program that takes a total holistic approach and it's basically everything that I do with my clients and my coaching model and I put it into a way that I can teach it to companies on a weekly basis. So it's designed to be a six month program, so 26 weeks, and essentially having a weekly lunch and learn that continues from last week's session. And the reason it's so, and that's why it's so comprehensive because it's every week. But as you probably already know, and a lot of other healthcare providers already know, is that you need consistency. Right. So if you're trying to make lifestyle changes, you're not just going to have it happen in one month, two months time. And so many people can have these aha. Oh my gosh, it makes so much sense moments in these one hour lunch and learns or one hour and a half lunch and learns. But then if they don't practice it or they're, they're doing it for a week or two weeks and then it's just kind of out of sight, out of mind, they don't have that drive. They don't have that consistency um, with someone continuing to coach them then it kind of goes by the wayside and they're like oh well you know i really want to do it It was great information but they just feel like they're the only ones doing it and they don't have that support and that is huge so by me going in once a week that is keeping them on track because they're getting a little bit of homework to do and things that we'll follow up with uh on the next session from the previous session and So that's really what I'm trying to implement in a lot more companies, because that is really going to make lasting change for people, because if they're seeing me every week for six months in their workplace and they don't even have to go anywhere else, um, you know, they don't have to worry about, Oh, well, you know, I gotta, I gotta see this person on the weekends, or I got this problem with this and I gotta do this. You know, when am I going to have the time if they can do everything during their lunch break or during work, um, then that makes it so much simpler for them. And, um, so that's really what I'm trying to work on now with the corporate stuff. Um, and uh, the, the one-on-one stuff is, um, is still amazing too, mm-hmm. because that is just you and the other person really kind of getting down to the nitty gritty of what their goals are and what they're trying to accomplish and uh, anything that might be holding them back. And, and uh, so I, I enjoy both aspects of it.
0: We talk even just the one-on-one there, like uh, things that hold people back. Are there are there common things that you see that people are held back from or that, that, that always hold somebody back? And like, if there's any tips, like things that you use, it's like, okay, every time uh, I go out to eat, I always just end up eating like garbage. Or, or anything, any examples like that, do you commonly see that you have to help people past?
1: That, that's a good question. Um, one of the things that I see not related to the eating is that I think sometimes have people have a hard time loving themselves Mm -hmm. and just being comfortable in their own skin. And that's an issue with some people, you know, and I think that has a lot of effect on how they're going to approach certain things, because if they don't love themselves, then they almost feel like they don't deserve whatever, they're shooting for or whatever they think that they want. And that's another thing, actually having people decide what they want. Some people don't even know. They just say, well, I just want to lose 10 pounds and it's great to want to look thinner because you want to take care of your body and you want to look good. But how many people lose those 10 pounds and like, all right, well I want to lose another 15. There's <laughs> so always
0: always something more when it comes to that.
1: Right. So it's like, okay, well, you said you wanted to lose 10 pounds. Why didn't we make the original goal 25? Mm-hmm. And sometimes people might say, well, I didn't think that was realistic at the time. And that's okay too. But is there a deeper rooted issue? Is Are you just constantly wanting to change something about yourself because there's a deeper rooted issue? And so I think that's a challenge for some people that I have to try to help them overcome. And a lot of times it's just about changing someone's perspective and you see like different motivational pictures and things like that about changing your perspective. But that's really, that's really true. You know, and I, one of the examples I give people is that, you know, you can, you could be driving down the road and maybe you're going like 60 miles an hour on the highway and someone, you know, all of a sudden comes right up from behind you and like to the side and almost cuts you off and like literally almost runs you off the road. I mean, everybody's reaction is going to be adrenaline and, you know, maybe anger at first and be like, oh my gosh, you know, what's, what's this person's deal. And, and some people might just go right to, well, they're probably a young kid or they weren't paying attention and they were texting you know, usually it's negative thoughts, but, and and then you get mad at them and maybe someone even, you know, wants to chase them down and flip them the finger or something. (laughs) And, but you know, if you just changed your, perspective where you just changed your mindset and said, you know what, wonder if that person just got a really urgent phone call and maybe they just found out that their son got, into an accident or their wife is in the hospital, you know, would that make it better? Because now they're in a rush to get to a loved one and they actually, maybe they were being a little reckless because they're uh, a little distressed, you know? So would you have the same amount of anger for that person? And really, you're not changing what's actually happening in that other person's life. You're not changing the reason that they almost ran you off the road. But your perspective is a little different. Your mindset's a little different. You're like, all right, well, maybe that's a little bit more excusable now. Or maybe I could put myself in that person's situation and be like, hey, I'd probably do the same thing, you know, if I got that kind of call. So, um, a lot of people resonate with that, and um, you know, everybody thinks that you know, oh, this makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. But then it's just about putting it into practice and making sure you're taking a second to have that time to maybe change your thought process and say, you know what, I'm going to think this way instead of this. Because if you, if you still uh, stayed with the first thought that I said with the anger, you could be stewing about that and having that adrenaline rush stay for, you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes. And you could be really angry about that. And then someone might be like, oh, well, I, I should have done something about you know they shouldn't get away with that but if you take that second say, you know what maybe that person's really in a rush for something maybe something's wrong and then it kind of almost becomes okay and then you can kind of start to start the process of calming down and relaxing and uh and you did something good for yourself too you know you took the time to be like you know what no i'm not gonna i choose not to think that way i'm gonna choose to have a better positive outlook
0: and Jim, that's, that's great, especially I think going back to talking about loving yourself. Uh, that's, that's part of it is you're, you're loving yourself by not letting yourself get that adrenaline rush for 20 minutes after or for letting that even just carry on throughout the day just by making that day uh, like if that's your morning commute and that happens and now all of a sudden you get to work and you're still feeding off of that and it's just making the day snowball even more. Um, but I think where you talked about, Hey, you can love yourself. You can say, I'm so, um, you, you could say, you don't know what situation they're in. It could have been something terrible. Um, but you don't want to have that carry on and affect you for the rest of it. Uh, now mm-hmm. speaking of loving yourself though, is there anything, uh, that you do even like as a practice on a daily basis, uh, to, Hey, love yourself. I mean, whether it's positive affirmations uh, just some me time, uh, anything like that.
1: Yeah. Um, I, even though I haven't been doing it in the last couple of weeks, uh, as consistently as, as consistently as I like, um, I really enjoy doing Tai Chi, um, especially using the Tai Chi ruler exercise um, that you probably already know as well. Absolutely.
0: Too, yeah. From
1: our mentor, Paul check. Um, and so I really enjoy doing the Tai Chi ruler outside. Um, I, I always make time uh, to play with my son every single day. I mean, I spend maybe even a little too much time playing with him, (laughs) Uh, but I just love, you know, him and I have such a great relationship and we can, you know, he has a really good imagination like myself. And uh, I was very imaginative and creative as a kid as well. And I think he gets a little bit of that from me. And so him and I just playing with cars or whatever it is. And, Um, Just pretending and doing stuff. So I I make sure I always play with my kids every single day, my son every single day. Um, I try to do Tai Chi as much as I possibly can. And to actually touch on what I do for myself to try to keep my mindset positive is I'll use, you know, I always carry a coin. Same same, uh, idea as, and maybe you even do this too. Do you carry a coin in your pocket to do the
0: coin flipping drill? Uh, talk to me. What What is the coin flipping drill?
1: So that's a that's a drill that um, Paul Check taught me in uh, Holistic Lifestyle Coach course. Um, basically, what you're doing is you, you're carrying something that you can flip with you. And I just happen to use a uh, what's called a challenge coin that one of my friends uh, gave me for a wedding gift. And he's a police officer in Philadelphia. And they have these things called challenge coins. It's really cool looking. It has this rattlesnake on there, and it's got the American flag in the background. So it's it's got like enamel on this really thick, nice coin. It's probably Mm -hmm. the size of a silver dollar. So you're never going to mistake it for currency, and you know (laughs) try to spend it at the store. And so I have this coin that I carry with me in my pocket. And you know there's a you know to coin there's a negative side and a positive side, Mm -hmm. and so that's the two sides. But there's also a third side, and that's the edge. Of the coin and you can stand it up on its edge and that represents potential so if your thought process is negative you hold the coin in your pocket or you physically take it out and say how do i turn this into a positive positive?" and that's a practice where you actually physically have to do something you're not trying to mentally flip a coin where you're actually saying no i'm not going to just try to do this in my head i'm going to reach in my pocket take this coin out and i'm going to actually make this a practice instead of an idea and uh try to flip it over to the positive side and say, well, you know, what's, you know, what would be a positive that I could actually believe in, that I can actually say, yes, this is a better thought process. Um, but you have to, you have to believe in that idea. You can't just say it and and not actually truly believe it. So for someone who's, you know, let's say they're 25 pounds overweight, instead of saying to themselves, I'm fat, a positive would be, I'm not as maybe heavy as most people, you know, that, Mm -hmm. that I see walking around, or maybe I'm not, you know i could be heavier you know that's actually a positive it's like well you have 25 pounds to lose at least you don't have 50 pounds to lose i mean exactly. that's pretty positive and if you can't really get excited about that because you're so upset about the 25 you just turn the coin over onto the spine and say well i have the potential to change my life and i have the potential to change my body and now you have the potential to be either negative or positive so that's that's uh, an important, that's a really good tool that I learned and an important drill and a, and a pretty good practice that I do every day.
0: And and that's a great one because a lot of people can't get out of their own heads when it comes to uh, any, any stressful situations or any challenging situations in this case that come up. And there, it, like you said, you can make it into the physical where you can you can make a change and immediately take it to that positive side of the coin. Like that's showing you there is your positive right there. Uh, so that it can carry forth with whatever you're doing. And I I, I love how you use that because you can, you could do that. And just really with all of your decisions throughout the day, if you really wanted to, I guess from what it is you eat when you you wake up to, uh, Hey, am I going to stay up late and watch TV? Or am I going to go to bed? Like just simple things like that, but it can be just looking at that. Here's your physical proof of the positivity of it and just take it from there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, you can apply it to anything that you want because you can look at whatever decision you're about to make and say, well, is this a positive decision or is it a negative decision? And you look at whatever your goal is that you're trying to achieve and say, well, is this bringing me closer to my goal or detracting from my goal? So yeah, absolutely. It's great practice.
0: Now talking, even taking this to you now, like if if there's i mean you can use that practice for this or like what are what are some of your biggest like negative stressors things that you have to overcome on a daily basis and what are some of those that you see with your clients like okay they're always or even for yourself it's hey it could be with your son like you said it might be not always able to uh uh, make sure that you have enough time for everything else because even playing with him isn't necessarily a negative but it can detract from other things, but what are the things that in your life that you have to overcome uh, from that standpoint?
1: Yeah, that is actually one of the things because um, <laughs> because because I run my business out of my house. I have my studio downstairs. Mm-hmm. It's got its own separate entrance. It's you know roughly around four hundred and fifty square feet, so it's, it's a good size studio, but it's on the lower level of my home, and, which is good because I have the flexibility of working from home, spending time with my son when I need to,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, you know having whole access to good food right upstairs and I don't have to, you know, worry about packing a lunch or anything. But a downfall is that if I come upstairs and, you know, my babysitter's here, which is my mother or my Mm mother-in-law, you know, he sees me, he's like, Hey dad, check this out. It's (laughs) like, Oh, like, you know, so coming up to just get something or, you know, fill up my water bottle or something like that could be a a half hour thing. It's like, no, 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 I gotta, I gotta stay downstairs. So that probably is one of the biggest things because I being work from home business owner my wife works full-time mm-hmm. so i want to have food on the table for her when she gets home because she has a pretty high stressful job and by the time she gets home and i might have clients coming home or com- coming over in about 15 minutes time frame and so i don't want to have her just have to come home and figure out what dinner is and then you know she's not eating until 6 six thirty, something like that so you know, stopping whatever I'm doing around four o'clock, 4.30 to figure out what we're doing for dinner, preparing that and having that figured out ahead of time. So just managing that and juggling that as well as trying to run a business. And, you know, when you're the only one running your business, it's a little difficult because you're the person that does everything from the social media to, you know, sweeping the floors to, uh, you know, the program design and looking over new paperwork. And so it's, I guess that's probably my biggest stressor, which to most people would be like, that sounds easy. <laughs> but I guess it's just it's all relative to whatever you're dealing with. So it's uh that's a little challenging sometimes. Absolutely. But I always focus on the positive that I do get to stay from home or that I do get to work from home and I do I don't and I don't have to drive anywhere to start preparing those good meals, right? Because, you know, that's part of my core values is to want to eat high quality organic food and not have to, you know, order takeout or just throw something together real quick. I mean, we don't even own a microwave oven in our house. I and mean, when we had our house built three and a half years ago, the builder says, well, where's the microwave going?
0: I said, well, we're not getting one. sit in the garbage. <laughs> He's
1: like, what do you mean you're not getting a microwave? He said, what are you going to put one on the countertop? I said, no, we're not going to, we don't own one. He says, how are you going to heat anything up? I'm like, what are you talking about? I said, you have an oven, you have a stove, you have a toaster oven. He's like, yeah, but oh man, I don't know. I don't think I could live without my microwave. I said, well, you know, microwave, there's a lot of controversy about microwaves, but there's plenty of research out there that shows the dangers of them. And if you have a microwave uh, sitting on your counter right now and you're listening to this, just give it to somebody you don't like.
0: That's harsh. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I I think it brings up a good point. Like there are certain things that make our lives easier uh, that we can certainly use for the good, but there are also certain things that just make life easier that really aren't doing us any good. And to take an extra minute or two minutes and just heat something up, like you said, on the stove, if you do it in the oven, sure, it's going to take a little bit longer, but it's really not hard to turn on the stove, put something in there and have it be warm in just a few minutes.
1: Well, you know, the thing is I tell people is that realistically, a lot of people, they're not standing there waiting for this, whatever they're heating mm-hmm. up in them to be done. And, you know, if you put it on for two minutes and everybody knows that only the outside gets heated up. So you're mm-hmm. going to have to Start it in another two minutes to get the center warm. Right. So, if you look at the time that it takes to heat it fully through, and you're going to have to stop what you're doing and go back and heat it up, you know, like start it and heat it up again, put it in for another two minutes. And then hopefully, you know, it's still hot by the time you get to it. And you're not like, oh, let me just throw it in for another 30 seconds or a minute or something like that just to warm it back up. Easily just get a toaster oven and you don't have to use all the energy costs of heating up your whole entire oven because it's a more confined space. So, right. the heat generates a lot faster. And you could just crank the thing up. And lay everything out on a tray. It gets evenly heated. It's better for you. It's not killing all the nutrients, and you don't have to worry about it. You set a timer for it. It things, and then you're done. And it's still going to retain the heat inside because the heat gets trapped in the toaster oven, so it's still going to keep it warm. So you're really not saving that much time, depending on what you're doing with a microwave, anyway. And I mean, if you're if you're just heating up TV dinners, then you got to figure out your diet anyway, and you know get get better information and just make more time to you know have some better food so so
0: if you're looking at just other things uh like in the last year like do you have a favorite like or best health uh gadget or anything related to health you've purchased where it's like under 50 bucks where it's like wow that is something everybody could benefit from gadget well it doesn't have to be a gadget i mean it could be a book it could be anything like that yeah
1: yeah um under
0: 50 bucks yeah.
1: i would say i made a sandbag
0: <laughs> okay now didn't it, you really do a video sandbag. on this
1: i did yeah and i posted it up on youtube yeah okay because i actually started making the sandbag because they're they're really good tools i mean you can use them for almost anything i mean especially for you know mothers and, and women that have children you could hold it in one arm you know mm-hmm. whatever arm you hold your child in if you're holding the you know you got bags you have to carry whether it's a diaper bag or a grocery bag or whatever it is that's a great functional tool because you could start to simulate exactly what you do with your kid in the gym you know so you're like oh man my kid's getting heavy you know they're getting to be two years old three years old and it's hard for you to carry them well let's say your kid's 30 pounds well you throw 40 pounds in a sandbag and you start building yourself up being able to hold 40 pounds now you pick up your 30 pound kid and it's like man i could throw you i could throw you (laughs) up and down with one arm and and you simulate holding a, a you know, a 10-pound grocery bag or a 5-pound grocery bag and you start carrying a dumbbell around in the other hand and you go up and down steps or you step up on some Reebok steps or whatever, mm-hmm. you can have a great functional workout and now your everyday life becomes easier. So anyway, I made a sandbag out of some pea gravel that I got from Home Depot and it cost me $4 for the 47-pound bag of gravel and when I started making it, I put uh, all the gravel in Ziploc bags and I duct taped them really Mm. well and it's really tight but then they were like solid bricks so then you put them in a duffel bag and it's just like crashing down on your shoulder if you're doing like a like a sandbag clean with it and you're trying to throw it over your shoulder so I got smarter and I ripped them open and I wasted all that duct tape but I, I ripped them open and I put them in uh trash bags and I kept all the stone really really loose Mm -hmm. And I, and I kept the bag loose and I just started duct taping. It wasn't as easy to duct tape because it's not compacted and you're not just wrapping it around, but it was so much better. So then I have these long tubes that you throw into the duffel bag and now it can move around a little bit and it's not solid. So that was great. And I already had a duffel bag sitting around with uh, some of my Elite Core Fitness duffel bags I give to my clients as gifts. Mm -hmm. And The gravel cost me four dollars and a roll of duct tape, and you know, so you're probably looking at like a five dollar job.
0: And a lot of people have old duffel bags sitting around somewhere, too. So, I mean, that's something yeah, easy to find.
1: You can can even use like an old pillowcase, it might not look as nice, but you can use an old pillowcase if you really want to get creative and you're gonna be the only one using it. Um, you get some zip ties and just you know, put the bags of gravel. In the pillowcase and then zip tie it and you're good to go you know but with this way with the duffel bag you can take them out and adjust the weight if you want to and so easy you know so i mean that's probably one of the coolest things i did within the last year it's under 50 dollars.
0: very nice well how about so we're talking about uh like using a sandbag and that type of thing like what does your current movement practice look like i mean i'm sure it changes but what what are some of the things that you're doing right now to really take care of yourself i mean we talked about definitely using the tai chi ruler and that's i'm sure uh, part of it, but what else do you do?
1: So I, 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 started doing a little bit more strength stuff and, uh, the Olympic lifts really interest me. And that's one thing I actually never attended any kind of seminar or got any formal training on Olympic lifting. So some of the, some of the accessory exercises that I've been learning from some of the guys online, like, uh, Dmitry Klokov, who works with uh, Charles Poliquin. Yeah, absolutely. He does a lot of videos on strength training and he's, you know, extremely strong guy and So I've been watching a lot of his stuff lately and trying to do like, you know, I'll do behind the neck presses with a snatch grip, which is pretty, pretty challenging. And then I'll couple that with overhead squats. So I've been doing some of that. I really like Swiss ball training. I really like working the stability, uh, the stability side of it because balance and stability and core strength is huge. So I usually couple, you know, some heavier lifts with some lighter lifts. So it's kind of like contrast training Mm -hmm. and just I, I play around with different speeds. So uh, I'll do maybe like a heavy deadlift coupled with uh, a fast power clean with dumbbells or um, a fast bent over reverse grip row, something like that where it's more explosive, but I'll keep the reps a little shorter when I do that. Uh, but the tension is still, still there. So I like to do a little bit of everything and, um, but the, my more main focus now is a little bit more strength and power from the, uh, the Olympic lifts.
0: And that's great. So even going off of uh, some some of your movement practices, do you have either for yourself or recommendations for others like, okay, what do you have before a workout? Do you have anything during a workout, after a workout? Like things to either help out with the workout or help you recover, uh, anything that you uh, like or, I mean, is it just, again, whole foods? Is it just the right mindset? Some things we've talked about, what does what that period around your workout look like both from nutrition but just also what you do for yourself
1: yeah i typically don't eat too much before my workout i usually try to work out anywhere from like 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock i don't work out for two hours i'm just saying like in between 10 to 12 i usually i usually try to work out before lunch so this way as soon as i get done my workout i'm able to have a good meal you know good amount of protein carbohydrates and, and a little bit of fats in there to uh to help facilitate recovery i recently. Uh, which you and I spoke about a little bit started using a company called purium mm-hmm. and they have so the supplement I take right before I work out about half an hour is their amino acids that they have and they're amazing okay and so when I found out about those 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 I take every day uh, along with a couple of other products but Uh, For so long, I was completely supplement free and I was just doing whole foods and Mm -hmm. I still am doing whole foods. I mean, there's no, just because you're taking some kind of supplement doesn't mean that that is, you know, the end all be all. It is what it is. It's a supplement. It's just to help you in that time of, you know, need if you're, you know, in a pinch or something like that. But it's not like you have to rely on it. But the amino acids that I take before, they are so pure and pre-digested vegetarian proteins um, that they're bypassed by the liver and the kidneys and they just start. Promoting muscle growth uh, within about 30 minutes of ingestion, I believe it. It is, if I remember right. So I take five of those right beforehand, and I might have like an espresso right beforehand with some high-quality butter in it.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: espresso, coffee, and espresso, and actually stimulants in general, really don't do anything for me. I mean, okay. I could drink, I could drink two cups of espresso and still go to sleep whether my cortisol levels affected that's different but i don't feel jittery or anything like that so i i I, sometimes i'll i'll enjoy a nice uh i I freshly grind all my coffee here Mm -hmm. and i use one of those like biletta stovetop uh, espresso makers and so um yeah so i it's either maybe a little bit of coffee uh, with some butter in it and definitely the amino acids before my workout but then afterwards you know, I just try to get the best, the best food I can. So whatever I, you know, I usually for lunch, I have my leftovers for dinner and that makes it a lot easier for me. So I'll usually have my dinner from last night will usually be my breakfast and lunch, depending you know, like we just, uh, I just made a chicken a couple nights ago with some sweet potatoes and, you know, got some organic cranberry sauce. And that was my breakfast and lunch. And my son does the same thing. He's three years old. And you know, it's like, hey, Jimmy, you want some chicken and sweet potatoes with some cranberry sauce? He's like, yeah, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I'm trying to instill those kind of practices in him. Because the thing is, if you take the time to make the dinner and you make enough of it and you have leftovers, there's your meal for uh, breakfast and lunch. And it makes it so much easier. Now you just got to heat it up in your non microwave device. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and they, I mean, that's that's actually. Uh people say like, okay, how could I do that? I mean, but really, it's not that hard. That's that's really something that's pretty simple. You just make one big meal uh, during a day and it can carry you over uh, for not just yourself, but like you said, your family. I mean, everybody can have a little bit of that. And then next night, you make something different. You have it for the following day. It's really pretty simple and probably will save a lot of time in the long run rather than even trying to make like uh just throwing a sandwich together i mean you still have to get all of that stuff out you still have to put it all together and certainly you're not getting the same amount of nutrition as if you had just roasted a chicken with veggies cranberry sauce i mean all of that so uh, that's fantastic and then also showing your son uh what it's like to eat healthy and he enjoys it it certainly sounds like
1: yeah he you know i'll (laughs) i'll tell you this he when we drive by a mcdonald's and he's been doing this since he was 2 years old. And because he's been talking very well for a good amount of time. We're very mm-hmm. blessed with him. And he, ever since he was 2 years old, we would drive by McDonald's and he would see the yellow M, of course, and he'd say, "Daddy, yellow M. They have dirty burgers." <laughs> <laughs> and then and then when he got a little older and he was able to put more words together, he's like, "It's not even real
0: meat." Oh my God.
1: <laughs> so we have a place near us called um I guess I'm giving a lot of people plugs today, Home Depot and all these other places, but um, Elevation Burger.
0: Actually, there's one on my way too. You have one in Allentown,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. Elevation Burger is amazing. You know what I mean? And I just, I, I love what they're, you know, what they're trying to do as far as you know the organic and the grass fed and they're supporting Mm -hmm. you know healthy food and even the bacon that you can get on your burgers uh, organic so um him him and i really like to go there so sometimes we'll go there for lunch or sometimes i'll go there for dinner and he just he loves it and he crushes a whole burger i mean we don't get the bun for him but (laughs) he just has a burger with the cheese on there and he he crushes a whole one by himself
0: and so but that's another good point like you can still find other healthy options like is it fast food kind of but it's a hell of a lot better than the, the dirty colored whatever. I mean, that's going to be a great option just in comparison. So just showing him that there are other things and that it really is real food that you're eating and you you can still find it and it still tastes fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's funny now. Okay. So you're, you're not, like you said, you enjoy espresso once in a while, but uh, is is there anything that you have that's a, a, a vice? Like, Is there anything, whether it's, I mean, and it could be like a good vice, a bad vice, like whatever it is, like something that you're just really into that's uh, considered a vice.
1: I've always been a dessert person ever since I was a kid. You know, we always, you know, my parents, you know, I wasn't the best eater when I was growing up, but if they told me that I couldn't have dessert, it was, the world was over. (laughs) (laughs) So desserts are sometimes a voice of mine um
0: so what's a good dessert though that everybody could go out there like do you have a favorite that you'll make for you and your family uh or somebody that somebody else makes that you've tried somewhere anything any recommendations that you have for that
1: i always try to make my own desserts i you know the one thing i do have a little leeway with is like if somebody made it you know if mm-hmm. it's homemade, um, then i'll be like all right i'm gonna you know, maybe I'll have it. Like we were down in Ocean City, Maryland for vacation a couple of weeks ago and someone told us about the fractured prune. Yes. The donuts there. Have you been there?
0: Uh, I've not, but I've, uh, several of my patients have gone there and I've heard many things about it. Yes.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're pretty good and they make them all fresh right there. It's not like, you know, you're going into a Dunkin' Donuts. And so I, you know, I, I tried uh, to, they're, and they're small donuts. So I had two mm-hmm. and, um, but they were good, you know? So, but well, for the most part, I make all my own desserts. So I'll make, um, you know, we try to stay gluten-free as much as we can just because I definitely uh, can feel my energy shifts. And my wife, you know, has some gluten sensitivities as well. And we just kind of have my son. Um,
0: just by default. You know, I mean, that's probably that's the way you're cooking, really.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I just, everything we do is, is gluten-free. So, you know, whether I use coconut flour or, you know, uh, Pamela's baking mix, sometimes I'll I'll use, you know, when we have pancakes or something like that, I'll use a, a gluten-free baking mix like that. Mm-hmm chocolate lava cakes i'm just trying to think of the ones that most people ask for ask me for when they come over <laughs> so because everybody knows you know how i am and uh so chocolate lava cakes and but again, i use now talk about that butter sure,
0: right that's what i was yeah. going to ask you yeah like because you can is it going to be the best thing no but you can still make that pretty darn well yeah if you want to just kind of give the rundown on the chocolate lava cake here for everybody please
1: oh yeah i mean well i was going to say that in the cheesecake because oh, okay. oh my gosh because i mean You use I use Enjoy Life chocolate chunks, so they're dairy-free, soy-free, nut-free chocolate chunks, and I don't use any additional sugar than what comes in the chocolate chunks. And so I'll use organic, free-range pastured eggs, and I use grass-fed butter, and I use a—it's not even that much. It's like, depending on how many you're making, it's usually like a quarter to a half a cup of the uh, gluten-free flour. Mm -hmm. And then you use a little bit of vanilla, and that's it. It's really easy. So you just listed
0: only like, what, maybe five, six ingredients, tops, and they were all actual whole food things, too, which is incredible.
1: Yeah. And so it's like, it's super easy to do that. And then, um, so sometimes I'll just, uh, like, my ice cream that I make is three ingredients. So I just use um, heavy cream Mm -hmm. and organic condensed milk and some, uh, like, five ounces of the chocolate. I was just telling you about, and I'll just melt it all together, whip up the whipped cream, and combine it, and freeze it, and you got chocolate ice cream. So it's a lot better. I mean, it's got sugar in it because of the condensed milk, but Mm -hmm. I mean, is it is it a better choice than going out to Dairy Queen or something like that? Like, yeah, absolutely. So if you still want to enjoy something, you could do it that way. There's coconut chocolate mousse that you can. I mean, there's so many recipes. It's like it's it's not even fair how easy it is to stay healthy. It's just we have to instead of going with instead of picking up. Eddie Crocker off the shelf, so you just pick up something else, you know, I mean, it doesn't take any extra energy to just move your hand over a little bit, to grab something else off the shelf. That's going to be healthier for you. So it, it is, it is easy. It's just people have to want to do it for the right reasons.
0: And now talking about just wanting to do things for the right reasons. Like I, I see uh, like looking into the future. Okay. We, we need to continue to eat healthy. We need to continue to hold these movement practices that you're talking about. But what, what do you see like, health of the world or what is your vision of health for the world in say 10 years and 100 years like what's it going to look like for your son as he grows up what is something that you would just love to see uh see like a shift in the health of the world what is that in your vision
1: well i think we're already seeing a shift i think it's people are noticing what holistic means you know a lot of people just used to hear the word holistic and just think hippies Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you know holistic just means looking at the whole picture you know, so if you have uh, an electrician come in your house and you're like, Yeah, this light bulb's not working. Well, if he's not just he didn't mind us just be looking at the light bulb, he's looking at your breaker or he's looking at this circuit or that circuit. You know, he's 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 taking a holistic approach too. So, you know, when it comes to whole health and wellness, some people are like, Oh, you know, they're they're like, you know, out there or they're weird. But I think that's kind of gone by the, you know, gone by the wayside now. I think people are starting to be more receptive of it and we're starting to see that shift because you know, you're starting to see more and more things. Like even Dr. Oz the other day, my wife was watching that and he he had a holistic health practitioner on and that's good because people are realizing like it's not just about working out it's not just about it's it's not even just about eating you know you have to get to sleep on time you have to be breathing properly you have to have a good amount of hydration and you have to you know avoid what paul check says uh stinking thinking mm-hmm. and so changing your thought process using that coin flipping drill that, uh, that we were talking about earlier you know, it's all relative and it all works together as a whole. So I think we're already starting to see a shift. And then you have companies out there like Purium. um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, if we're supporting companies like this, and we're supporting our local farmers, and we're supporting people that actually care about health and wellness, that are really trying to help people and also help the earth, right? Because I mean, if you care about organic farming, and you care about your food and your animals, then you're not using pesticides and herbicides and all this stuff. You're not putting money into the pockets of the big chemical companies like Monsanto. And, you know, you're you're voting with your wallet, essentially. And so, you know, I go to the farmer's market every week and it's pretty busy there. So I, I like seeing that because, you know, if I go to Wegmans or something like that, or if I go to a different uh, grocery store and I see that, you know, sausage or something like that, like organic sausage is $9 a pound, um, which is pretty much what it what it is now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll wait. I'll go to I'll I'll hold off and nothing against the grocery store because they support me a lot and they help me help me live my dream, but so does the local farmer. And right. something tells me that they need a little bit more than the big grocery store does. So I'll wait until Saturday and I'll go purchase my food from there. So I think as we as health practitioners and holistic lifestyle coaches and people that are really interested in someone's health and not just a paycheck when we are making the difference every day in other people's lives and they're seeing the results and feeling the results and sharing that i think it's just going to keep growing so you know with my son is 13 in 10 years um he's going to have a wealth of knowledge that i never had and you know food was very different 30 years ago you know i'm 32 now and food was very different then you know they were still using chemicals and stuff like that but new chemicals get created all the time and, you know, the food supply is changing. So I think we just need to vote with our wallets and keep that mindset of we're important as well, but our earth is even more important because without a healthy earth, we're not going to be here. <laughs>
0: yeah. That is that is certainly true. I mean, I, I, I appreciate you bringing up the, again, it's not just about being individual uh, as, as a uh, or, uh, healthy, excuse me, as an individual, it's we we all have to get in this, and it's going out and supporting the local farmers. It's just taking that. Okay, it's a little bit of extra time, but maybe not because now, hey, you're going just stopping on your way out. You can take the family, like, and it's it's a great outing for everybody to spend together. So it's not just like you're going to the grocery store, you're trying to run in, run out, like, and just have all this rush, rush, rush. So this is something that you can really turn into another positive, another just great thing for everybody. And then it's also that educational opportunity and you keep bringing up uh, Paul check's name. And I know I've studied under him too, but who else, like, are there, are there a few people that you follow in the health and wellness community or just in general, do you think like, Hey, this person is just having a very positive impact on the world?
1: Not really. <laughs> now, yeah. Well, I, I, because, you know, one of the things that one of the things I really like about Paul is that he's kind of almost done the work for me and, mm-hmm. and not saying that there's no new people coming out there because I know that there's people out there like Eric Cressy and, and, you know, of course, I mentioned Charles Poligan's name mm-hmm. earlier, because I know that he's very, you know, big in the strength and conditioning world. So there's people like him that I follow. But, you know, when when you have someone like Paul, who's kind of taught himself all of this and done the research and taken ideas from so many different people like Einstein and Hippocrates and and even Charles Pollock and himself, because they're very good friends, it's like mm-hmm. you know, he's learned from so many different people and so many different uh, mindsets and schools of thought and put it into one program. So one of the things that I try not to do is pull myself in so many different directions right so i try to use you know i always love educating myself and learning new things but sometimes actively going out and trying to figure out who else is you know doing something great in the world i'd love to support them but at the same time i don't you know it's a little overwhelming for me cuz i'm still you know trying to run my business and learn at the same time and grow as an individual so not really if i do come across somebody you know or if i if i hear of someone like you know as a reference i'll I'll check them out but Nobody else really comes to mind because I try not to, you know, I've, I've listened to people like Sean Croxton, who, you know, has also studied under Paul and, um, you know, I I like some of the other uh, Czech practitioners that are doing their own thing um, and, you know, kind of going on their own and developing new ideas and things like that. But it can be very overwhelming when you're like, oh, you know, you talk to somebody. Oh, you need to read this book. Oh, you need to read that book. Oh, you got to check out this video series. It's like, well, that takes a lot of time, you know. And so sometimes I find it just a little overwhelming.
0: And that's actually I, I think one of the first times I've heard that. But I think it's a, very refreshing to hear because you you just put it like, Okay, you, you've, you at this point, you know what works for you. You studied under Paul. He's done, again, a lot of that work for you. So you're not going to reinvent the nutrition wheel. You're not going to reinvent the exercise wheel at this point. Uh, you're not going to reinvent sleep. I mean, you know like what your basic foundations things principles are. And you talked about the hydration and just the positive mindset. So the breathing, uh, these things go so deep. And if you overdo it and overthink it, it's just going to cause more of a stressful burden on yourself, but taking those, just getting the basic things down and doing them very, very well. That's, that's really all it takes. I I think that would be uh, a great way to look at it. And that's what I'm hearing from you. Like it's, you you do the simple things, but you do them very well.
1: Yeah. And it's, you know, sometimes it's more about, you know, you have to get yourself healthy before you start really practicing and teaching it and, And preaching it so you're never not trying to improve yourself and you're so it's never like you get to that point perfect oh i'm perfect i'm done you know you're always building and you're always learning things about yourself and and changing different things about yourself and even with your diet as you already know it's like you know what works for you now might not work for you in five years or maybe you know you need a little bit less fat or more carbohydrates or whatever the case is so you're never really done working on yourself and and growing and learning about different things and when you know some when you know yourself it helps you to know other people as well so it's it's like you're never done but that's also nothing that you're going to be able to figure out by reading a book or watching a youtube video that's something that you're going to be able to figure out by slowing down and realizing that okay well i just need to take a second I just need to spend time with myself. I don't need to go and watch another YouTube video on how to do it. I need to just do it because most people inherently know what they need. It's just, they're so busy and they're so tired that it's actually funny. So many people are so tired, but having someone sit there for just five minutes and do nothing is one of the hardest things for people to do. They're <laughs> tired and they say they want to just do nothing. And I've had clients come to me and said, all right, sit there on the floor for five minutes. And my one client that I'm thinking, of, she's not, She's not old by any means. She's actually like my age, Mm -hmm. but she travels a lot for work and she's go, go, go and high strung. And I literally told her to sit there for five minutes on the floor. And she's like, I can't do this. It was literally 20 seconds in Mm because I was watching. I was watching the clock on my watch 20 seconds. in, she's like, I can't do this. She's like, this is really difficult. And all you have to do is just sit there and do nothing. Like, what's so hard about doing nothing? You know, I'm literally telling you to do the easiest thing in the world and you can't do it. It's a simple idea, but it's not physically easy for people to do because they're so conditioned to go, go, go. You know, I heard Osho's, uh, I heard uh, Osho talk a couple of years ago on this recording that I came across and he said that the mind is so used to tap tackling complex things that it's forgotten how to adapt to the simple things of life so it's very efficient in solving difficult problems but we have no idea how to handle simple things anymore because if it looks too simple to the mind then something's wrong and I thought that was pretty amazing observation it's it's really true I mean you just tell someone all right well just relax i can't relax i gotta be on my phone or i gotta call this person or i gotta be doing this i gotta check this email it's like oh my gosh no wonder people are so stressed out and wound out today <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's that's incredible i i, I love you said that this is the easiest thing in the world for you to do but couldn't do it and i'm sure she's not alone <laughs> i'm sure okay. that it's not, no, she's alone. not
1: alone at all she's not alone at all that's more common than white bread
0: oh my goodness Jim, that that was i think that that was just one of the most profound things i've heard like just do nothing. I, I, I think, yeah, uh, just talking about it, if 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 everybody could just do nothing for five minutes every day, it'd be a whole lot healthier. But oh my gosh, to truly Absolutely. do nothing for five minutes a day, I, I wonder how many people could actually sit down and do that. So I have one final question for you, Jim. And I don't know, it might it might not quite go here. Uh, because you said you don't follow many people, but I, I always ask this is every guest on the podcast is who would you want to hear on the podcast? Who would you want to learn more from? So maybe is there somebody that you've come across that you you didn't necessarily uh, have time to look into their entire body of work, but still wanted to learn more about? That's a
1: good question. Well, there's too much silence here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I actually Uh, think that was a great practice for everybody because uh, talking about just the doing nothing, I'm okay with it because I know that you're thinking about it. And that's fine with me, even if you don't come up with an answer, but just the nothing, Yeah, it really doesn't seem that awkward to me. But I'm sure uh, talking about the being able to do nothing, some people are going to listen to that. And I don't know, it might have even lasted five seconds. I'm not sure. But that was I mean, already I, you, too much for them.
1: <laughs> you, get, you get comfortable with certain people, you know. So like when I went to, uh, when I learned from, um, you know, I, I – Got the chance to spend five days with Paul Check out in California. And that, Mm -hmm. to me, was absolutely amazing. It was my first time meeting him. And it was, um, you know, I had learned so much from him at that point. Because just briefly, when I first got into wanting to be a personal trainer, that was my mindset, personal trainer. Mm -hmm. And someone told me, and I was halfway done studying for my personal training certification, which was just basically like, here's the book, study, study, (laughs) teach yourself, and then set up a test. You know, set up a date for your test, you know, a couple months down the road and just go to a testing center and take it like, okay. So someone told me halfway through studying for that, I was like, yeah, you know, you should look into Paul check. And I'm like, all right, never heard of the guy. So I looked into him, I started looking at some YouTube videos, reading some stuff online and I was like blown away. And I'm like, yes, this is the stuff that I want to be learning. This is the stuff that makes sense. Like, oh my gosh, this is the stuff I've never heard before, but it's like common knowledge. Or on a deeper level, like your gut is just like, yes, do this, do this, because this is what this is what is is a, it's all about. So I was actually mad that I had already spent all this money on personal <laughs> training certification stuff like, uh, you know, courses and books and stuff like that. And I was like, all right, well, I'll just finish this. And as soon as I got done that, I was already enrolled in Holistic Lifestyle Coach Level 1. And I just liked Paul's energy, even though I was watching him on YouTube. I just liked his message. And um, obviously, he practices what he preaches. And he's not. Perfect in any way shape or form and hasn't been his whole life and so he's a glowing example of someone who's not just always been a healthy person he's just you know you know talking about health he's had his own challenges and so i I continue to like to learn from him because i like him as a speaker i like him as a person and uh so he would be a cool person for you to have on your show
0: so (laughs) okay then (laughs) because
1: because, you're still not done learning you know no matter how much you know you know, you're still not done learning. And, you know, even though I learned from him, he's not done learning in general. So, um, yeah.
0: Now, if you were going to ask him, so you have him on a show or you have him just right in front of you, what's what's one thing you want to ask him? It could be, again, about anything. What, what would you uh, want to know either about him or just his thoughts on something, whatever it might be?
1: Probably ask him if he wanted to do some rock stacking.
0: Do some rock stacking. I love it.
1: Because I am still, you know, developing more of the spiritual side of my practice and myself. And so, you know, I know what he does and I know um, how he is and and how well he can kind of get into a meditative state while he's doing his rock stacking. And uh, so I'm thirsty for more information in that regards. But again, a lot of that is just putting some of what you know into practice already and then building it from there.
0: Very nice. So Jim, where, where can our listeners find out more about you? And who you are, what you have to offer, both with your one-on-one services, with uh, just any of the Purium stuff we've talked about, uh, or just the corporate wellness. If they were going to want to get in contact with you, how would they do so?
1: So they could go to my website. It's uh, Elite, E-L-I-T-E, Core, C-O-R-E, Fitness.net. Usually the best way to get a hold of me is just also by cell phone. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my cell phone is 215-858-3148. And you can either text me or call me and just introduce yourself. But they can go to my website, they can fill out a contact form on the contact page. And my phone number is also listed on the website uh, as well. I write a blog called thefitandthefunctional.com. dot com. So they can go on there. I've I've already uh I have a good amount of blog posts on there and I've even started posting some of the stuff about about Purium. So some of the links are are in the blog posts. But if anybody has any questions or wants to uh get in contact with me for corporate stuff, that's those are the best ways to do it.
0: And I'll be sure to put all that in the show notes for everybody if they want to go ahead and check it out. And that way they could uh, get get in contact with you, Jim. So, again, thank you so much. This was a great conversation. And I think it's time that everybody goes out and does five minutes of nothing.
1: I agree. And I think this is great what you're doing with your show. This is, you know, people need to be supporting people like you. And who want to, you know, get this kind of information out there so people can start to better themselves because then we can just all start to be healthier and happier together. I love so it. So thank, thank you, thank you so much for having me on.
0: And again, thank you too. And uh, just have a great day. Thanks too. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to go check on your brain health by going over to the BareNakedHealthPodcast.com and taking the free brain quiz. By doing so, you can get a free copy of my book, The Four Morning Secrets to Perfect Brain Health, shipped to your door. Also, please head over to iTunes to give the Bare Naked Health Podcast a positive comment and a five-star rating. This really goes a long way in getting the word out and helping to share the podcast with others.